0: Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at ChurchesCare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities.
2: Welcome, everyone, to Too Good To Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject of today's show is artificial intelligence. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it.
3: We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated during the second half of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. In the interest of time, let's assume the usual disclaimers except the specific disclaimer for this episode.
2: Here's the disclaimer. Neither of us have any particular knowledge of computer science. If we have misstated anything, we apologize, especially as the technology is changing at an incredible pace.
3: Artificial intelligence, that's your suggestion, which came at the end of a previous episode.
2: It is also a listener's suggestion, so a shout out goes to the listener. Why don't you start with HAL from the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey, released in 1968, 50 years ago.
3: The website Fizz.org published an article on the human emotions programmed into HAL 9000 to use the full name in April of this year. The article claimed that AI would not include human emotions unless they were totally fake. HAL was programmed to ensure a successful mission to Jupiter in a spaceship discovery. Following Hal becoming conflicted on his directives, there was no other option than to disconnect the computer. With the threat of disconnection, Hal attempts to kill both crewmen operating the ship and the three crew in suspended animation. He kills everyone on board except one of the crewmen operating the ship.
2: Hal obviously wasn't programmed to protect human life, but is there a place for human emotion? even a fake, with artificial intelligence or AI?
3: Not quite the same thing, but there is a place for a fake AI personality. According to the London Daily Mail in an article dated July the 26th of this year, a huge team of, uh, of staff, from comedians to psychologists, gave the Google Assistant its personality. Google Assistant is able to make phone calls, calls real-time with actual humans, It also makes it easier for human interaction with smart devices.
2: So a fake personality is possible, but not fake human emotions. It looks like an emotional AI is some way away. Maybe there will never be an AI like HAL 9000.
3: It's been reported that the iPhone's assistant Siri was originally prototyped after HAL. Changing subject to Star Trek, the character Mr. Spock makes the point that he doesn't have human emotions and sees no point in them, perhaps his character only spouting logic, is a truer rendition of AI. But here is a Mr. Spock quote from the episode, The Ultimate Computer, from 1968, 50 years ago. Quote, Computers make excellent and efficient servants, but I have no wish to serve under them. Unquote.
2: I think that quote sums up the fears of many of us. But what was the ultimate computer? And where can I get an iPhone with Hal on it?
3: You can get whole 9,000 apps, but they don't replace Siri's voice completely. But in the Star Trek episode, the USS Enterprise, um, in the Star Trek episode, the USS Enterprise was a test vessel for the M5 Multitronic system, which would handle all ship functions without human assistance.
2: What could go wrong with a ship being run by a computer? Besides, in the movie 2001: A Space Odyssey.
3: Long story short, the Enterprise fires on friendly vessels with loss of life, but survives the repercussions. The M5 system was created like a human mind operating at the speed of a computer. The computer had memory storage copied from the brain of its creator, who turned out to be psychotic. Hence, the M5 was psychotic. Dr. McCoy points out that computers lack compassion. This follows Kurt doing something illogical to save his ship.
2: That's an interesting point. Besides the opportunity for unintended consequences, AI design is going to be based on the output of human brains. Humans are obviously not perfect. The science fiction from 50 years is beginning to happen now. Is something like HAL or M5 going to be driving your car within the next 5 to 10 years? But to understand better, why don't you provide some definitions for AI?
3: Let's start with a definition for artificial intelligence itself. There are multiple definitions available from multiple sources. It's difficult to pick just one, but here is a simple definition from the Science Daily website. Quote, the modern definition of artificial intelligence or AI is the study and design of intelligent agents, where an intelligent agent is a system that perceives its environment and takes actions which maximizes its chances of success," unquote.
2: Sounds good. All Hal did was to try and maximize the chances for success, but the ends didn't justify the means. That would have taken a conscious based on a set of more values. What is the next definition?
3: As learning plays into artificial intelligence, let's continue with machine learning. This is from the CNBC website from June of last year. Quote, machine learning generally entails teaching a machine how to do a particular thing, like recognize a number, by feeding it a bunch of data and then directing it to make predictions on new data. Unquote.
2: Do you have examples for the use of machine learning?
3: Siri, uh, Facebook, when it prompts tagging your friends, And self-driving cars or autonomous vehicles, as they are known, are just a few examples. Autonomous vehicles also use deep learning.
2: So what is deep learning?
3: Deep learning, again, from the CNBC website, quote, Deep learning is one, one type of machine learning that demands less hand engineering of features. Often the approach involves artificial neural networks, a mathematical system loosely inspired by the way neurons work together in the human brain. Neuroscientists Warren McCulloch and mathematician Walter Pitts came up with the first such system in 1943. Through the years, researchers advanced the concept with various techniques, including adding multiple layers. With each successive layer, higher level features could be detected in the original data to make a better prediction. The layers pick out features in the data themselves, but using more layers demand more computing power."
2: That's a bit more scary. Artificial neural networks sounds like creating an artificial brain without a soul anywhere in the equation. But besides autonomous vehicles, do you have examples for the use of deep learning?
3: These can include automatic automatic colorization of black and white images, automatic translation into another language, and automatic handwriting generation.
2: I am so bothered about autonomous vehicles. In an accident situation, how does the car's artificial brain decide between hitting a brick wall, a crowd of seniors, or a group of toddlers crossing the street to go to a birthday party?
3: The claim is that 90% of crashes are down to human error and that AI can reduce the number of crashes. With about 5.5 million auto crashes per year in the United States costing 871 billion, the idea is to reduce this total. AI will anticipate better and think faster than the human brain, resulting in less error and fewer accidents.
2: I think the issue may be that the human brain is limited in its ability to make moral decisions in time during an accident situation, whereas AI may have the speed of computation to make certain choices.
3: Here's part of an article from the website Motherboard from May of this year. Quote, Assume that the smart system driving your car is presented with various options to allocate these costs according to the logics reflected in the death-dealing accident scenario. Again, there's no value-free way to decide, and it's not an ad hoc decision. Engineers will embed the ethics in decision-making algorithms and code. Again, society must determine how to proceed proactively. Keep in mind that this governance issue is not about assigning fault. It is only about how to determine moral priority and who should bear the social costs." When you use your autonomous vehicle I think there will be legal disclaimers protecting the user and the manufacturer of the vehicle.
2: Besides more work for the legal profession, what does the future hold?
3: The website medium quotes DARPA, which is the United States Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency which has a mission to make pivotal investments in breakthrough technologies for national security. DARPA sees AI coming in three ways as follows. Wave one, handcrafted knowledge, good reasoning over narrow domains, but no learning or handling of uncertainty. Example is TurboTax. Wave two, statistical learning, good classification prediction, poor context and reasoning, e.g. Uh, Siri, Alexa, uh, machine learning that is. Wave three, contextual adaptation, AI tools will, bring, will build and improve models to explain decisions, this is the future of AI.
2: Okay, so what are the definitions for each wave?
3: The definitions are also given on the Medium website. Handcrafted knowledge is where programmers craft sets of rules to represent knowledge in well-defined domains. Statistical learning is where programmers create statistical models for specific problem domains and train them on big data. And contextual adaptation is where systems construct contextual explanatory models for classes of real-world phenomena.
2: I think most of us can relate to TurboTax, an app for doing your taxes, as well as Siri and Alexa. But creating a model, applying it within a narrow context takes some imagination.
3: Yes, in June this year, there was an announcement regarding an upgrade of Siri at Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. But I think we're going to have to uh, go through that after the break.
2: Yes, we'll continue talking about artificial intelligence after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to Too Good To Be True. And before the break, we were discussing artificial intelligence, specifically Siri. And Dad, you were stating that there was an announcement that Siri was going to be upgraded.
3: Yes, this is from uh, the, the uh, website uh, TechCrunch, and I'll quote, at uh, Apple's WWDC 2018, which is the Worldwide Developers Conference, an event some said would be boring this year with its software-only focus and lack of new MacBooks and iPads, the company announced what may be its most important operating system update to date with the introduction of iOS 12. Through a series of Siri enhancements and features, Apple is turning its iPhone into a highly personalized device powered by its Siri AI. The new AI iPhone, which to be clear is your same old iPhone running a new mobile OS, will understand where you are, what you are doing, and what you need to know right then and there. The question now is, will users embrace the usefulness of Siri's forthcoming smarts, or will they find its sudden insights creepy and invasive?
2: I guess that's where contextual adaptation comes in. Do you have some examples?
3: It seems to be a form of deep learning for which the Wired website provides some scenarios, including the following two. Quote, you text a friend to meet you for lunch. In doing so, of course, you have used your smartphone's keyboard. If your keyboard were contextually aware, it would process your sentence and send an invitation to your friend, suggest locations for you to meet, recommend restaurants, provide directions, make a reservation, and more, unquote. And on Mother's Day, you open up your contacts list to reach your mother, and your contextually aware keyboard suggests sending flowers to her, unquote.
2: Before moving on, I still would like to know why Siri and Alexa have female voices, although both Siri and Alexa apparently can be defaulted to having male voices. Why isn't there a guy's voice with a name like Kobe when you talk to your smartphone?
3: The PCMag website has an article from January of this year discussing Alexa, Cortana, and Siri. We t- quote, we tested many voices with our internal beta program and customers before launching and this voice tested best an Amazon spokesperson told PC Mag. A Microsoft spokesperson said Cortana could be technologically be genderless, but the company did immerse itself in gender research when choosing a voice, and weighed the benefits of a male and female voice. However, for our objectives being a helpful building a helpful, supportive, trustworthy assistant, a female voice was a stronger choice. The article continues. Women, meanwhile, use more pronouns and tentative words than men, according to psychologist James W. Pennebaker. Pronoun use, particularly of the word I is indicative of lower social status. AI systems are very prone to using I, particularly in taking responsibilities for their mistakes. Ask Siri a question, she can't process, sorry, ask Siri a question, she can't process, and she says, I'm not sure I understand, unquote.
2: I'm not sure I like the idea that a female voice is a stronger choice for a helpful, supportive, trustworthy assistant, or the use of the word I indicates lower social status. But can you follow directions or take responsibility for your mistakes?
3: I'm taking the fifth on both questions. Here's a quote from the IBM website from last year regarding the preference for female voices when discussing IBM's Watson. Quote, it's a well-established phenomenon that a high brain has developed to like female voices, said the late Stanford University professor Clifford Nass in a 2011 CNN interview. An example from the other side of the coin, IBM found that when you want people to know that they are talking to a computer, not a human, it's better to use a male voice. That's one reason Big Blue initially gave its bleeding edge cognitive computing platform Watson a male voice. Later, when Ashok goel a professor at the Georgia Institute of Technology, ran an experiment in which he gave Watson a female voice, his students couldn't tell it was a computer. In his book, Wire for Speech, Professor Nass wrote that individuals generally perceive female voice, voices as helping, our so, uh, as helping us solve our problems by ourselves, while they view male voices as authority figures who tell us the answers to our problems. That can chafe. Most people want our technology to help us, but not boss us around. "Unquote."
2: That reasons that more females should be elected to public office. Don't we want politicians that actually help solve problems, rather than tell us what to do?
3: With a female voice, apparently, it's harder to tell that you are talking to a computer. Assistants that are more realistic are probably going to catch on much faster.
2: What does IBM's Watson do?
3: The Samsung program developer website from last year describes how Watson is being used for a weather app. For example, if you're traveling cross country based on weather forecasting, it provides advice on clothes to pack and action to take. Watson uses cognitive learning.
2: What is cognitive learning?
3: Before we go into cognitive learning, in July of this year, Watson got a bad press for unsuccessful trials in diagnosing cancer and suggesting therapy. Watson is intended to be rolled out to hospitals worldwide by the end of the year. Watson reviews patient information, comparing that to past cases and to the medical literature to arrive at diagnostic conclusions.
2: So Watson is intended to do a lot of thinking for a doctor.
3: Yes, I guess Watson is just one resource for the doctor who currently gets a final say. Getting back to cognitive learning, it is, to, it is using thinking to learn involves comprehension, memory, and application. Watson learns in order to advise based on weather forecasting and to diagnose disease. The response to criticism that it diagnoses incorrectly is that it hasn't learned enough yet.
2: Isn't there a danger that we will lose our problem-solving skills if we depend too much on AI?
3: From looking at various articles, it seems that the greatest fear for AI is loss of jobs. But I think it is getting late for that concern, it is already happening.
2: Can you provide an example?
3: Yes, in an Abacus News article from June of this year, A.I. in China is being brought into police work on a massive scale. Quote, the country already has more than 170 million CCTV, well, that's closed-circuit TV cameras, watching from street corners and inside buildings with plans to add some 400 million more in the next two years. Video footage is fed into AI-powered image recognition systems, allowing police to quickly match faces or license plates with records in a database. At its best, the technology is being touted as an effective way to maintain public order. Fugitives have been captured at concerts attended by thousands of people. Drivers have been caught running red lights, and jaywalkers are publicly shamed on digital billboards on the roadside, all thanks to facial recognition. It is not limited to areas covered by surveillance cameras. During the annual Parliament session in Beijing this year, police officers and even police dogs wore body cameras linked to facial recognition software. And during the Lunar New Year travel rush, police were spotted at a railway station in central China wearing facial recognition glasses. The article continues discussing China's social credit system. The ambitious facial recognition projects don't cover the entire scope of China's latest surveillance efforts. Another major component is a social credit system that aims to rate each citizen according to their actions. Drawing data from government agency, court verdicts and even mobile payment firms, the scheme assigns each person an individual score. If you fail to repay debts or are smoked on a train, these actions could land you on a blacklist that's posted on a public website. Earlier this month, authorities banned nearly 170 people from flying and taking the train for one year. The most famous of them was G.R. Uting, founder of the new of the now debt-laden tech firm Lico, and CEO of the electric car company Faraday Future. Unquote.
2: That's even scarier than a loss of problem-solving skills in police work and in other fields. The level of control is just like something out of a science fiction movie.
3: The book, 1984, written by George Orwell, later made into a movie, includes life in a totalitarian state under the director, Big Brother, with the slogan, Big Brother is watching you. The authorities have every citizen under constant surveillance.
2: We haven't discussed AI as applied to robots. There were droids, clones, and all sorts of robots in Star Wars with a lot of battles.
3: That came out recently on July the 18th of this year. Here is a part of an article from Fortune magazine. Quote, some of the leading lights in the artificial intelligence world have pledged to never help design lethal autonomous weapons, killer robots that decide for themselves who should be targeted for death. We, the undersigned, agree that the decision to take human life should never be delegated to a machine, states a pledge signed by the likes of Tesla CEO Elon Musk, the co-founders of the Google-owned, DeepMind and the Larry Page backed XPRIZE Foundation. More than 100 roboticists and AR researchers, again including Musk and DeepMind's, DeepMind's Mustafa Suleiman, last year urged the United Nations to maintain strict oversight of killer robots. The new pledge, signed by over 2,400 individuals and published at the 2018 International Joint Conference on Artificial Intelligence in Stockholm, again calls upon governments and government leaders to create a future with strong international norms, regulations, and laws against lethal autonomous weapons."
2: That sounds all very positive up to a point. No governments or defence contractors were reported as signing. What happens when there is intelligence that a potential enemy is starting to develop robot soldiers?
3: Then countermeasures would need to be developed, presumably with AI. the ability to overcome and destroy enemy robot soldiers but i think we're going to have to continue after the break
2: yes we'll continue talking about ai and going into the questions and the psychic insight after this short break and you're listening to too good to be true with justina marsh and pete marsh on the exxon broadcast network www.xcbn.net
0: Studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the X Zone Broadcast Network. www.xzbn.net. AVS Media.
1: You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more.
2: is too good to be true. And before the break, we were discussing robot soldiers and how far they would go. So, Dad, do you have anything to comment about this?
3: Yes, I was going to say before the break that I can't believe that AI isn't already being used for countermeasures against uh, incoming missiles.
2: Well, that's an interesting point, but I think with that, it's time for the first question.
3: Why was the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey warning of the dangers of artificial intelligence or AI 50 years ago in 1968, decades before computers and smartphones were commonplace?
2: Basically because that was the fear that was coming and people could see that the advancement of technology was moving very quickly. So it was basically predicting what may happen and the worst case fear for a lot of humans is something that is smarter than them and basically can overpower humans.
3: Why was Hull created with emotions? Was it just to demonstrate how advanced AI could possibly become in the future?
2: And to demonstrate also how there are certain characteristics that seem to make up humans, and how that can be portrayed on technology, which could become an issue. So basically to demonstrate that with humans, what really makes them unique is their range of emotions, their intelligence, and their unique consciousness compared to other animals. However, humans are something very single-minded, thinking that they may be the only ones who could possess these traits.
3: Was HAL 9000 created with emotions to also demonstrate that AI will always have baggage from its creators?
2: Not exactly, no, since creators can create something such as a car where it has no influence from the creator but just does its job.
3: With only five crew on board the spaceship Discovery in the movie 2001, was it intended to demonstrate that a sophisticated AI machine could do the work of multiple humans?
2: Yes, that could be said.
3: Can, I, can AI be created to protect human life in almost all situations?
2: That's a complicated question because it includes all situations. But AI could protect humans in many different situations, yes. But there's always things that humans would do differently.
3: Why would people be comfortable with the unhuman, genderless, fake personality of the Google Assistant?
2: Basically, since in a way it represents kind of a person, but a person that is not on a human level. So it's basically, as you stated, an assistant, but an assistant that you don't have to deal with their emotions. You don't have to deal with their human qualities. It basically listens to you and responds and doesn't get to think for itself.
3: Why is it? Difficult to create AI with emotions.
2: Because emotions stem from the brain, so it needs to basically mimic the human brain. And you could also say the human heart and soul. So that's where it becomes complicated since even animals can have different emotions and express them in different ways. But that's usually thought of something that is combined with some type of soul.
3: Were Siri prototypes influenced by HAL 9000
2: in a way, but also with other artificial intelligence. So many different movies were made where some voice would respond and would basically be of the future. And even before and after that movie, there were different images of the future and having robots, personal assistants, and how everything would be, quote, easier in the future with these assistants.
3: Why did the writers of Star Trek ensure that Captain Kirk had authority over Mr. Spock with his AI thought processes?
2: Basically, since Spock could do many different things that the rest of the humans could not exactly do, so he had more power, and the problem is with power, especially in regards to humans. The humans are at the top of the food chain. For the most part, they can control most of the animals, the different even technology, and are above that. However, even with artificial intelligence, they also want to be on top of the food chain where they have the power.
3: Was the Star Trek episode The Ultimate Computer meant as a warning of the possible future dangers of AI? Yes. Why was Star Trek warning about the, futures of dangers, sorry, the future dangers of AI about the same time as the release of the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey?
2: Basically because Star Trek explored many different ideas of the future and there are many different fears and still are that AI even someone or something like Spock could gain intelligence. So even if you created the intelligence at a lower level, the technology or AI may increase their intelligence and eventually overcome humans. And that could be a very dangerous thing. So in a way, it could be thought of that the technology could actually learn.
3: In the, ultim- the Ultimate Computer episode, episode, the USS Enterprise and crew were saved by Kirk, by Kirk providing a solution that was so illogical that it would have been been impossible for AI. Was that to prove a point that the human mind will always be more inventive than AI?
2: In some minds, yes, that some different humans think that their brains are more creative and innovative. And you also have to think about the humans have many different experiences from when they're born all the way to their death. So with AI, it would be hard since they basically have to build a date, and build, and after their build date, they only experience certain things. So they don't experience a childhood, adolescence, and then adulthood, like humans do.
3: Was a warning made from the Star Trek's M5 system similar to that for HAL 9000, that AI will always have baggage from its creators?
2: Basically, since some creators create their own rules, so they basically have their own rules for what the artificial intelligence is, what it needs to do and how it's going to do that. So that goes back to the programming, how each different human would actually mold and shape artificial intelligence differently.
3: Is there anything that we need to be concerned about for machine learning in general?
2: So the problem with learning is that basically that with technology, there are limitations. And the problem with learning with technology is that there are different lines and different ethical lines. And with technology, there are not really the lessons that society teaches technology that humans really learn. So, for example, when you're younger, you learn the societal norms, what you need to do to fit into society, what to do to be, quote, normal. However, with technology, there's not really the same learning process where everything's a lot more simplified. And that makes it so that it's harder for technology to make ethical and societal decisions.
3: Is deep learning without emotions or personality intended to recreate the basic function of the human brain?
2: In a way that could be said, but creating a human brain that would be complex since humans aren't just their brains, it's more than that.
3: Is there anything we need to be concerned about for deep learning in general?
2: Just to be cautious since everything needs some type of limitation.
3: Is an autonomous vehicle deciding between hitting a brick wall a crowd of seniors or a group of toddlers, a reasonable possibility.
2: If someone decided to program it, yes, but then the vehicle would have to be taught what the right decision is and make that ethical judgment. So you could ask a human the same question and based on their experiences and their morals, their ethics, they would have to choose. So that would be very hard to implement in that into technology, since it would either have to be programmed or it would have to be based on experience.
3: Will the engineers be able to embed ethics and decision-making algorithms and code for autonomous vehicles?
2: The question really isn't can they, but more should they? So that would be the complex nature that would be biased and it would be based on whatever the programmers would want to program. So would you want one person programming their own ethics that they believe? Would you want a group of people deciding it? Or would you want it to make its own decision which would be based on some type of algorithm that could go many different ways.
3: What do we need to be aware of as more and more autonomous autonomous vehicles are being introduced?
2: Basically with vehicles, it goes back to the safety concerns and it goes back to if a vehicle is autonomous, is that going to cause more accidents, save more people's lives? Is it ethically okay? And all these different points need to be brought up, since with humans, humans make mistakes. But there's also the risk with technology that technology also messes up. There's glitches, there are mistakes. And even with the current cars, some accidents are already caused by different electrical, technological issues. So it goes back to, is humans deciding everything, or should something else be deciding for them?
3: If Apple's new operating system will understand where you are, what you're doing, and what you need to know right then and there, is isn't there a danger that government will be able to access that information?
2: Yes, but the government already has a lot of information. So it's taking it a step further. So it brings up the argument that the government already has your fingerprint, your face scan, different other means, and even to the point of DNA in some cases now. So yes, for some people, it's crossing a line. For others, the convenience is worth crossing that line.
3: Is it a short step between total control and the power and functionality of smartphone operating systems?
2: Yes and no, but that would be based on each individual person. So again, it comes into the debate within a person that basically do they think it's control or do they think it's making their lives easier? So for example, you could bring up the argument that... Eventually using technology to identify each person, microchip them, keep track of them, not just within their smartphones, but within their bodies. So it really goes into how far humans want to go so things are convenient and easy accessible versus having their own privacy.
3: Is contextual adaptation a form of deep learning?
2: In some people's minds, yes.
3: Could deep learning itself be used to develop more sophisticated deep learning?
2: That point could be said, so yes.
3: Why should a female voice be a stronger choice for a helpful, supportive, trustworthy assistant? But I think we're going to have to answer that after the break.
2: Yes, we'll continue with the questions and the psychic insight after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
1: Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it
0: today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer,
2: good to be true and before the break we're going through the questions and the psychic insight about artificial intelligence so dad can you please continue with the questions
3: yeah i'll repeat the question why should a female voice be a stronger choice for a helpful supportive trustworthy assistant
2: well number one female voices are known as more caring individuals and usually their voices are calmer for one which some developers believe Number two is also that as societal norms, women are usually the assistants, the ones that are assisting in many different ways. They are seen as the more nurturing, the helpful, etc. So for an assistant, it makes sense in a lot of developers' minds to put women. Also, it needs to be known that it is pretty obvious that in the technological industry that most of the developers, most of the people behind it, the CEOs, etc., are men. So they do not want to hear male voices, but want to instead hear female voices. And overall, it is a big debate since almost everything uses more female voices. But the debate is maybe there should be more options to have an own own personal user want to hear the voice they want to hear.
3: Does the more frequent use of the word I indicate lower social status?
2: In the long term, yes, just because it's basically taking more accepting into their own actions. However, how one talks an in artificial intelligence is more than the programming behind it. So someone could be basically hearing something, but again, it's artificial intelligence. So there's not really an exact tone or facial expression like there is with a human.
3: Is the idea that the female voice perceived as being... Sorry, I'll start it again. Is the idea that the female voice perceived as being for a better servant a result of social programming? Yes. Will the use of a voice that represents being a servant distract users from the idea that they can be controlled via information provided by smart devices?
2: For some people, yes. For some people, they're very naive and don't realize that every time someone clicks and accepts an agreement that they're agreeing to a lot more than they know. So for example locations personal information etc a lot of people don't realize what they're really agreeing to
3: Why do artificial female voices sound more real to humans
2: In general it's just how they are programmed so there's more been more work on female voices versus male voices
3: Why do we elect public officials to tell us what to do rather than to provide solutions when their job is service to the community
2: This can't really be completely answered, except it can be said that it is a personal question for each and every person to kind of question why they're electing and voting for different officials that are going to go with their own agenda instead of the agenda of the people. And that's why people really need to think before they vote.
3: Besides the obvious reason of making money, why is AI like Watson needed to help us with our travel planning? and to be a diagnostic tool for diseases like cancer in hospitals?
2: Number one, for convenience. Number two, it is so that each person feels important. They feel like they have something that will help them, assist them whenever they need. And for the diagnostic and that sort of argument, it goes into a lot more, since especially in the medical field is the shortage of doctors and nurses, and having a tool that doesn't tire out would be very helpful. So, for example, having an AI which could watch over a patient, you don't have to have a nurse there 24-7 that can analyze the person at all times. But again, there would need to be limitations since humans have empathy and a range of emotions compared to AI, which would really not have these same emotions.
3: Is there a danger in the scenario that the insurance company will only reimburse based on AI with the patient having to pay extra to go with the doctor's treatment plan?
2: That would really depend on the AI implemented the rules. Yes, that would be a possibility since AI might be believed over doctors. So it's very hard when you have a human since a human does make mistakes. And generally, people think technology makes less mistakes. However, that's not always true. There's always defects. There's always issues. And basically, humans are needed to program and fix technology, which also influences how the technology acts.
3: Does AI mean that health insurance plans can be individualized to minimize reimbursement? It could be. Is cognitive learning a form of deep learning?
2: In a way, yes.
3: Isn't there a danger that problem solving skills we be lost if humans depend too much on AI?
2: It depends on when it's introduced, how often it's used, et cetera. So it can make it where people are more dependent on technology and kind of forget how to think for themselves.
3: Should an immediate concern for AI be loss of jobs, or is it too late for that concern?
2: Technology is always going to take many different jobs. So yes, in the long run, AI could take jobs, which means that people would have to acquire more skills and be more creative in their job search.
3: Is there sufficient computer power available to support China's efforts to apply AI, AI to control their population?
2: It would take more technological advances, so it would be a very complicated process.
3: Are newspaper articles describing how China is controlling her population exaggerated?
2: Some of them, yes.
3: What can we do to prevent the apparent situation in parts of China, for which AI is being used as Big Brother, becoming universal throughout the world?
2: Basically, you would have to take the people who are making the AI, funding it, the governments, etc., to agree not to use it. So, for example, in China, yes, it's being used, but it's not to the point of absolute control. However, that's the fear is that every move, every little thing would be monitored and there would be no privacy anymore. So these lines would have to be drawn what's going over a person's privacy, but what also can be used.
3: Is AI being used in some countries to check people's internet surfing and email content? Yes. Should we be worried about this?
2: Yes, there's checking going on, but there are bigger concerns, and it's very complicated to get the AI perfected, since it would be more learning and development.
3: How does a person counter the argument that if a surveillance with AI, for example, can recognize a person illegally carrying a weapon, The risk to public safety overrides the risk to personal freedom.
2: Again, that's an ethical choice that each person would have to make, and it can't be said too much about it since it's an individual choice. But what can be said is that with increased technology comes increased responsibility, and each person needs to make the right choice in regards to if they want to break the law, but also with consequences. But there's also an argument that there needs to be a level of privacy.
3: Why isn't the threat of loss of personal freedom through AI more of an issue for most people?
2: Because AI seems very far out for a lot of people.
3: How meaningful is a recent pledge made at the Joint Conference on Artificial Intelligence in Stockholm that the decision to take human life should never be delegated to a machine?
2: the problem with this is that it's a conference it's a decision made now however conferences and decisions change and the parties that agree to different decisions do not always follow it
3: is it reasonable to believe that if autonomous cars are driving through city streets that autonomous mechanized soldiers are also being developed yes if one nation creates an automated killing machine based on ai is it reasonable to expect that other nations are obliged to follow yes are we being conditioned with the advantage of AI, of AI while the potential loss of personal freedom or the potential development of BattleBots is going on largely unnoticed?
2: For some people, yes, while other people are thinking of the what-ifs, and even some TV shows and movies are covering the possible what-ifs and trying to spread the possible dangers.
3: Is there a risk of the world being divided between those with replaceable skills and those with irreplaceable skills?
2: It's possible, yes.
3: What should we doing What should we be doing now to ensure that morals and ethics are applied to the deployment of AI?
2: Basically, there would need to be multiple p- people checking on what AI is doing, how it's programmed. So there would basically need to be different ranks of who's going to abide by the ethics and morals and make sure that everything is all right. However, the question lies in how many people this would take, what are these ethics, what would the AI not be allowed to cross, etc. So it would bring in many different questions, and basically whoever owns the AI would have to figure out a system.
3: What should we be doing to ensure that AI remains our servant and not our master?
2: Basically to follow different changes and monitor the AI very closely and to realize that if you want privacy, to try to abide by this privacy and also to try not to cross lines. So try not to take AI to a level where it's at the level of human since AI has to be viewed as technology and not a replacement for humans.
3: Are there secret AI programs that government and the general public do not have any knowledge of?
2: That could be said.
3: Is is there more to learn from 2001, A Space Odyssey, Star Trek, or any other popular sources?
2: Basically, it goes back to the question of what is crossing too many lines. And also, it goes back to the statement, be careful for what you wish for. So, humans are at the top of the food chain. However, there's always a question that the technology is going to be taken too far.
3: Is there anything more we should know at, at this time about AI?
2: Just to be really careful, since creating something from scratch isn't always something that's going to turn out exactly how a person wants it to be. And some people could call it playing God by trying to create humans. And that's the issue, that humans are a very unique species, but also are not invincible.
3: That was the last answer. Is the future of artificial intelligence involving ethics and non-invasion of privacy too good to be true?
2: that depends on what you are prepared to believe
3: well um i thought it was interesting we didn't get around to mentioning uh Stephen hawking who was warned about ai and he was actually using ai to be able to communicate
2: well as always we want to say thank you to the listeners and uh thanks for mentioning Stephen Hawking and his warning so if anyone does have any comments on today's show have any related subjects maybe another movie relation um any different type of subject subject feel free to contact us at our Facebook page at too good to be true or our website at too good to be and as always thank you so much to the listeners and we'll talk to you again next week